The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers, I used to go as a kid, I wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe, the Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing, learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com, call 562-314-4603 for complete details. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. It is draft week, and it's Tuesday, April 21st. And boy, do we have some exciting news for today's show. But first, I should point out that we'll be talking about NFL draft rumors. We will give bold NFL draft predictions, and that you should uh, do a couple of things. One, check out um, our Mock Draft Monday. It's an hour and 45 minutes long. Myself, Ryan Wilson, Josh Edwards, and R.J. White, Go through and make picks for the entire first round. We have some great, I don't want to call them tangents because they are football related, but like we have some great stuff that we sort of veered into, uh, discussing what teams could potentially do, um, in the draft, which is Thursday night on Thursday and Friday and Saturday. Myself and the Super Friends will be doing a Pick 6 podcast preview show for the draft. We will be in charge of the hour leading up to the draft. Sort of a weighty thing to give us. It is uh, 7 to 8 p.m. Eastern on Thursday, 6 to 7 p.m. Eastern on Friday, and 11 a.m. to noon. Sucks for Sean on Saturday morning. Um, also, we'll be doing a mailbag, a draft mailbag. So send in five-star reviews, or you can DM them to me at Will Brinson on Twitter or email them to me or you know, prefer the five-star review. We will have a gambling preview in which Kenny White and yeah, Kenny White and RJ White, plus myself, extremely white, will go through and, and, uh, and preview <laughs> all the prop bets you need to know for the 2020 NFL Draft. We'll have wrap-ups as soon as the draft show is soon, each night of the draft, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So be on the lookout for those. And we have a bunch of prospect interviews coming up this week as well. It's a loaded week of content. Thank you for listening. Um, and I'm not even being self-indulgent when I when I go through this long list of stuff. I'm just trying to let you know what's out there. should also point out that the big news today, John Breach is back! Yeah, I'm back. You know what, guys? It has been a fascinating two weeks. Uh, I've changed more diapers over the past two weeks. I have in my entire life combined. I've gotten three hours of sleep total since April 7th. And I have listened to my baby cry more than Sean does when Ryan dunks on him. So it's been that kind of adventure. Will Wilson... You guys warned me about having a kid. You said there's going to be diapers. There's going to be poop. It's probably going to get on you. Uh, but it would probably be a payoff. It's all that. It's fun. Yeah, Sean, you learn quickly. Sean don't have a kid. You learn pretty quickly that pee and poop are not your not your enemies. <laughs> You're going to get real comfortable with that. <laughs> and, uh, if I had to guess, Brinson probably changed 12 <laughs> diapers. I changed 
50%, I would say. I would imagine Breach is the same way. Brinson, how many diapers did you change percentage-wise? Um, it's, did you say 12%? That's a slap in the face. Or I'd say... Yeah. <laughs> that's too high. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I, mean, I don't... Uh, uh, AK, AK was like, I can't even take vacations because I don't trust my husband to change a diaper. She gets um, home and Robbie's diaper would be like uh, a dump truck back there full of. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I would say that. Um, I, don't, I mean, like I was. I mean, I'll be conservative. I, do you mean go ask her? I go ask her. But I would say like 38, thirty-eight to forty-five percent. I mean, I think a lot of it is just like, like timing-wise. It's not even like about you know yours. You're willing. It's, it's not a willingness to change a diaper. It's like who's who's got the kid when he poops his pants. <laughs> and then, like, that's the person who changes the diaper. It's not like Robbie would, like, poop his diaper. I'd be like, hey, guy. Hey, he'd be like, no, you're changing it. No, I, th- I think what would happen is he would poop in the diaper, and then you would know, but then you would give the kid back to your wife, and then, and like, oh, wow, he must have just pooped. I guess you have to change it. Yeah, last time I checked, it wasn't there, honey. <laughs> <laughs> that is a that is a pretty standard uh, fathering father parenting move that I know, like, Several friends of mine have done it. I know, like, EK, I think, has is, is, uh, had that move down pat with his kids. Ryan, of course, I'm sure, <laughs> will tell you that. I never did that. I respect my wife and my children and wanted to learn to be a great father. But once again, Brinson has, has Robbie, his only only child. EK has three kids, and he's had them in the span of two and a half weeks. So I can understand why he might be like, eh, I'm good on on, clean, on poop cleanup duty there. But, uh, Bre- uh, Breach, how's your uh, diaper skills? Are you good at putting the diaper on? Uh, well, let me just tell you, I probably changed a total of three diapers ever in my entire life because i don't do diapers uh and my wife is like give me a 101 course on how to put oh, a oh, diaper oh, on oh, oh, oh. before having a child you'd change three diapers it's not like i go around asking to change people's diapers i don't I change diapers i think that number is high i'm oh, at zero oh. i'm at zero <laughs> well I, I have nine nieces and nephews so like uh, you're around them once in a one time I got stuck with a kid who had a poopy diaper, did it like three times an hour, and I was like, all right, I don't want to be one with these babies anymore because I can't do the diapers. Yeah, that's the thing. Like if you breach this example, I've seen this before too. you got to be careful. I should have warned you about this too. But like your sister and your brother, they're like, man, I'm done with this. Clean after this kid. He won't stop crapping in his pants. Breach, take him for five minutes, and your, your family member <laughs> runs off. And then you're stuck there with a kid who's, as you mentioned. Has and a it's dump- like, no tag bats, your itsies. <laughs> Yeah, no, I know, I know where you're coming from. Well, the good news is, uh, in 18 years, your daughter will go off to college and you'll have the three or four other kids to take care of at that point. <laughs> well, 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 I didn't, because they'll have three or four other kids? Yeah. Uh, okay, I was like, uh, Ryan, did you just go real dark on us? Good lord. He's not done having children. This is child number one. Uh, I, I, well, I will, last thing I will say is that because we're in the middle of a global pandemic, you are literally stuck inside. You can't even like take the baby out on a walk because they said the doctor's like, you really shouldn't have the baby shouldn't have any visitors for a couple months. Like gr- grandparents, aunts and uncles can't come over and you shouldn't take the baby outside. So the baby is literally the baby's only been outside once. And that was to get from the hospital to our house. The baby does not know what outside is. So it's kind of funny to think about it. Well, uh, well, the um, the other thing, too, that stinks is like. There's a and you're not quite there yet, but there's a stretch from like maybe three months to nine months where like you can actually go out and do a bunch of stuff because the baby's in the deta- like the detachable car seat and you can go and just set up shop at a restaurant and give them a you know bottle and like a pacifier and, and and that's fun to do like you know you and your wife have been cooped up all winter with the, you know pregnant now you can get out and do it and that's probably not happening for you so that's a shame. Uh, let's 
let's get moving to talk some football. <laughs> we lost everyone already. Ten yeah. minutes of baby talk. No, yeah. right. glad to have you back. Not that glad. Uh, okay, so the NFL uh, did a mock draft. An act, the actual NFL did an actual mock draft with the actual 32 GMs on Monday afternoon around 1 o'clock. And throughout uh, the course of this, various GMs were complaining. A uh, GM texted Adam Schefter and said, mock draft today, already technical glitch with Cincinnati's first pick. Brutal. No surprise there that Mike Brown can't figure out technology. Um, Diana Rossini said that she's texting with multiple coaches and GMs who were on this mock draft call, and everybody's saying the same thing, which is bandwidth is a problem. There are many communication issues. Rossini also reported um, that one uh, GM said it was, uh, quote, there are early communication issues because 32 of us GMs are on a conference call, and we didn't hit mute. Sounds awful. Uh, is this going to be a problem? For the real draft. This is why you have the, the fake mock draft, I guess. Uh, once again, the, the Pick 6 crew and the HQ folks are ahead of the curve when it comes to being quarantined. I mean, as I'm pointing out to you guys earlier, I, our backgrounds are crushing it. If you look at the backgrounds of, of media folks stuck at home, I would give them an F-. minus. Our backgrounds <laughs> range from, from A. I'll give Sean a D-plus for that. No, his is not. His is fine. I, mean, I, got, I got dragged on pardon my take for my background. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, I don't know if Breach and uh, and Sean and Devo saw it. Do your their Pete Prisco joke. That was pretty funny. It won't hey, be. Did you guys see that on CBS Sports HQ? Who do you so make Pris- fun of? Prisco was ripping me left to right. And you can't see this, but you can go watch it on CBS Sports HQ. I said, um, Pete got new shelves put in. And he was like, it's like, so I was like, what's that bobblehead behind you, Pete? It's like this, it looks like it could be like, uh, Mike Silver or something. Like it's like a tall, I'm like Pete's like, that's me. <laughs> the hassle was like, what? It's like, that's not, that's not you. That's a, Tall, slender man with hair. Like, it's just, <laughs> just not you. So I said, um, you know what? I got a Pete Briscoe bobblehead, too. And I pulled out this guard, this Carolina Bay garden. <laughs> and he's short. He's stout. He's old as hell. And he thinks he's good at football. Easily one of the funniest things Bretton said. And poor Pete. He got dunked on for the first 25 minutes of that show. And, you know, the delay with because he's coming from home and, and it's hard to talk over people. So he really had no no rebuttal. Basically, like when I dunk on Sean on, on the HQ show, just you can't you can't respond until it comes back to your turn. By then, 10 minutes later, and people moved on. For the record, though, you dunk on Breach more just because Breach. I like that Breach came back and we immediately threw him into the first chair, which right before he left, he was like, I'm done with the first chair. I've done my time because the first chair gets dunked on by everyone in a row. And we just threw him right back into the first chair. That was dirty. That was dirty. You know, the other thing about this glitch, though, I love that it did involve the Bengals, because what if it gets to Thursday? Uh, Goodell comes out, and he's like, with the first overall pick in the 2020 NFL draft, the Cincinnati Bengals select Tom Flacco. Like, are we going to think they got hacked, or are we going to be like, uh, it's just the Bengals. There was nothing wrong. There was no glitch. I, I'm not surprised the Bengals did this. So, like, whenever I have the first pick in a fantasy football draft, I uh, I put the player that I'm going to take first overall in my queue. Like, the Bengals should just enter Joe Burrow, quarterback LSU, in the Microsoft Teams thing right now. There's no reason to mess around. You're not trading. You're taking Burrow. You've got 15 minutes to screw this up. You don't need it. You need one second to make this pick. Put it in ahead of time or call the league office and call Goodell. Be like, hey, Roger, this is Mike Brown. I'm calling you on a secure line. Let's FaceTime. I'll prove it's me. Uh, or maybe – um uh, Duke Tobin can do it. Tobin can call in and say, Hey, listen, Roger, we're taking Joe Burrow. I don't want him to have it leak, so I'm not going to spoil it, but you need to know we're taking Joe Burrow. Don't 
screw us when the draft comes on and Mike Brown's uh, AOL dial-up doesn't work. Well, I would go a step further than that. I, just beyond the first pick, which obviously should be Joe Burrow, I part of me thinks that, to your point, like the fantasy football Q thing, I always get extremely nervous when you think you're going to hit the wrong button. You stare at the name like five or six sure. times. Why don't you have, like, ah, God, who knows if this can work, but they sent the cameras to the kids that are going to be drafted. Send the cameras to the owners or the GMs or whoever's going to make the pick and have them make the actual pick. And that way, also as a backup, have them write it on a sheet of paper. Make sure they turn a sheet of paper right side up so you can read it, unlike fake news Brinson up there who doesn't know how a sheet of paper works. Mm-hmm. But have them announce the pick, and that way there's no confusion when Roger Goodell reads off Tom Flacco's name as the future franchise quarterback for the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, you know what I want is uh – uh the Bengals social media team, I don't think they're the type of team that would do this, but it would be awesome if, like, from Tuesday, so from today to, like, Thursday, they tweeted out, like, I don't know, what, how, many ever, how many ever tweets it requires, but, like, you spell out, we're taking Burrow with the first letter in every tweet, and then, you know, Thursday, like, right before the draft, you're like, you should read all our tweets, and people just have their mind blown because it's like, we're taking Burrow. And then they have their mind blown because it actually says, we're keeping Andy, and they select Chase Young. Yes. There you go. Um, <laughs> oh, by the way, real quick, um, this was on the show when Breach was out. It was with BMAC, but in this mock draft that apparently did not go well, according to all these reports, just makes me so much more excited for this draft than any other draft that I've that I've watched either as a fan or working at CBS. Because I think there is we're underestimating, actually, how much of a crapshoot this might be. Because if there's just one pick that goes haywire or one team that can't figure out the technology, the entire thing could go off the rails. And this is more exciting than when they got the parrot or whatever, you know, all the gimmicky stuff that they do. I think this is more exciting than any other draft that I've been a part of since being at CBS. And, and I'll add to this. I think it even spices up later because by the time you get to the second round, you only get seven minutes. So if anything goes haywire, you don't have time to fix it. And then when you get to the last few rounds, you only get five minutes. So, like, if anything malfunctions, I mean, uh, Diana Rossini was sending out these tweets earlier today that one head coach was yelling at his kids because the Internet went down because his children were on their iPads using up all the bandwidth in the house so he couldn't get online. Now, if that happens during the draft, you can't get your pick in. You only have five minutes to get your pick in. Uh, I mean, this could really turn into total chaos. Yeah, I, I will. I will say too, though, there are a couple of safeguards in place. Like they have a, they have a, like they have a conference call that's running. So, like you, if you're, I mean, like if if you're not an old fart who's just a completely incapable of functioning as a as a as an adult human in a work in the workplace, you should have that conference call on mute on low level speaker on a dedicated landline, and if, if S starts hitting the fan. You go hit the mute button and you start yelling who you want. And you say like, Hey, this is, this is John Lynch. I don't know what happened. I just got hacked. Belichick's on all my screens. I want, you know, Henry Ruggs. And, and like, like you, there's no way that you should be, any team should be botching this, but a hundred percent chance they will. What if you're at a general manager's house or head coach's house? Electricity goes out there. It's thunderstorm. That, see, that's what I think. It, people keep making jokes about the Patriots, like, hacking feeds. That's the move. You go, you find out where a general manager lives, and then you cut down the power line so one team is suddenly without their GM. That's the, how you sabotage the draft. That's a, a very subtle and legal way to uh, to handle the. By the way, these 32 teams, they're in their facilities regularly. So it's not like the power outage, all these things uh, have ever Ooh. been what if, what if you just bomb somebody, like you just, like you just go, and, I'm just kidding. Um, it's like, it's like, just blow up their house. You just blow up their whole house, man. Like, just hey, don't... quickly before someone else interrupts me as I'm being <laughs> patient, polite. 
What's the over-under on – so let's say the draft typically goes from 8 to 11.30 in a normal year on the first round. What's the over-under on when the draft ends this Thursday night? Uh, 12.30 over-under. Well, I'll, go, I'll go way under. I'm going to say okay. 11 right. because I think they're going to try to get their picks in faster so oh. they don't mess anything up. So we're not going to see teams waiting for the whole 15-minute mark unless they're trying to make a trade. Adam Schefter literally just tweeted as we're talking about this. More on today's mock draft technical glitch. The Bengals didn't do anything wrong. Was it their fault? But the glitch resulted in a two-and-a-half-minute delay per source. That's up top, too. So what, is anyone going over on 1230, though? PFA? Also, I thought didn't Field Yates tweet that like they were flipping the picks, so like the Cowboys are actually at one for the Bengals or something like that? That's what Forio said. I heard that they were going to announce real players' names, but randomly. So I don't know. That doesn't affect the order, but just, you know, in the case of Tom Flacco, for example. I mean, there's actually an interesting leverage opportunity there. If you're, if you're a team on this mock draft, you're like, like, let's say, um, you want to, like, you know, like if you're, if you're the Jaguars at nine, you're like, CJ Henderson, cornerback, Florida. Do we really like him or don't, you know, like you, like you can like just kind of like throw it out there and just sort of bluff people and see what they say. If I'm the Jaguars, I, Keep it uh, just down the, the middle of the road. Don't try to be funny because here's what happens after all those guys get fired for losing. They end up taking some slap nut, and then three years later, they, the audio slips out of them pretending to take C.J. Henderson, who's a Hall of Famer. <laughs> I was going to say the entire list of Monday's mock draft will be leaked, and it will be better than their actual draft, and people are like, my God, that's classic Jags. Well, speaking of those Jaguars, beautiful. Wait, Not- one thing that will be happening in the draft, Roger Goodell's going to get booed. I love that that is happening. We are all concerned about it. Uh, and Bud Light coming through. If you use the hashtag BooTheCommish on Twitter, Bud Light will donate a dollar. I know it's free sponsorship because I'm screaming their name out, but they're raising $500,000, and you get to boo the commissioner. Up, up, up to $500,000 if you use the videos. I, I, told the, I told them, I was like, hey, send me some beer. I will videotape myself drunkenly booing the commissioner, hammered off Bud Light. Um, and I will drink Bud Light seltzer. Yeah. Uh, but we mentioned the Jaguars. It's a mess in Jacksonville right now. Uh, currently, Yannick Ngakwe and Tony Khan. Tony Khan, uh, friend of the show. Love Tony. He's a good dude. Um, he, uh, he is the VP of football administration and analytics. I think that's his title for the Jaguars. The son of Sean Khan, the owner as well, but he's heavily involved in the front office, uh, with Dave Caldwell and before with Tom Coughlin before Tom Coughlin was canned. There's a, a bunch of like great gifts of Tony Khan and Tom Coughlin in the, uh, in like in the, in the, in the box during these games. Um, but Yannick Ngakwe comes out and tweets, tired of the back and forth Jaguars. Let's get this bleep done. And then he tweets at Tony Khan, which is, you know, I mean, he's, he's calling him out. It's just an at Tony Khan. Stop hiding, Mo. I don't even know what Mo Stop. is. Any, yeah. Anyway, it's, it's probably not a complimentary term. He said, stop hiding, Mo. Then Tony replied, I'm not in hiding, sir. I'm in isolation getting ready for the draft. I've been pretty active on social media in isolation, but you wouldn't know that since you unfollowed me again. Yannick replies, since you're feeling might today, let's both let the world in on the truth. We've been having a discussion that the Chargers game was my last game, yet you tried to backdoor the situation without answering any of my camp's calls. SMH, shaking my head, you spoiled, brah, holding up people for no reason. Tony replies, it's a new regime here, sir. I thank you from the bottom of my heart for all of the contributions you made here. That said, tweeting insults at me won't you get, won't get you traded any faster. Only good trade compensation will do that. Please redirect your efforts into a more productive outlet. Yannick said, just trade me. I don't need the speech. And Tony said, show me the compensation. I'm sure you're really driving up the price today by the 
way. I will point out, by the way, is there anything more condescending than someone talking to you either in person or over tweets, for example, and ending by saying, sir? I'm not hiding, sir. It's a new regime here, sir. Clearly, you hate Yannick Ngakwe so much. You don't want to be a jerk on on, uh, on the Twitter what? machine. It's brilliant. He called him a he called him an in, a rude and inappropriate insult, and he replies by sir. That's what you do. It's smart. You elevate the conversation, and you make Yannick look like he's being the bad guy. I thought I thought Tony did a great job with it. Mainly, I mean, not because like I, I like Tony more than Yannick, but like. And I don't really know Yannick, but like the idea that you take this high road with these replies and you, cause I don't think you hide from it. Like hiding from him and not replying only gets like people like more like steamed up about it. He replied, he took, he took the high road, I thought, and, and then said, uh, I'm sure you're really driving up your price today, which is like a hilarious mic drop on the whole thing. Well, hey, Jalen Ramsey would disagree. Yeah. And I mean, like, I understand what you're saying, Brent, and I think he handled it fine, but. You know, we were saying this on the HQ show. Like, I don't think you can view the Jags as a winner for anything for any of this happening, just because it's yet another example of a good young player who wants out. And it's like we their draft history is so bad. But if then you look at the players they actually hit on, Jalen Ramsey, that was a great pick. Anakin Gagwe, that was a great pick. And they already traded Ramsey, got great return, but still the fact that they had to give away a twenty five year old best young corner in the league, and now they're giving away a 25-year-old edge rusher who should be entering the prime of his career. None of this reflects well on them, especially when you hear all the comments from Jalen Ramsey now in Gakwe. Uh, clearly something's wrong there. Something is rotten there, and maybe it's not Tom Coughlin because they got rid of him, and these issues are still popping up. But then you also have, this is just a giant slap in the face in Gakwe because he is literally the only person Jacksonville refuses to trade. I mean, they got rid of Jalen Ramsey, Clayus Campbell, A.J. Boye. Nick Foles. Uh, Nick Foles. I mean, they're trying to trade Leonard Fournette, so they're just shipping people out the door, just trying to trade everyone, except for the one guy who actually wants to be traded, uh, which makes this situation even sillier. Because how do you think Ngakwe felt when he saw that Fournette report? I mean, he probably punched a hole in a wall saying, okay, so now you're going to trade our star running back and you won't trade me? So it is kind of uh Absurd, but I do kind of love that he is burning every bridge out of Jacksonville. Not going to be any bridges left in Jacksonville. He, he's taking the Darius Slay route. He's like Darius Slay burnt his team to the ground on every every possible turn, and as a result, he got traded. I guess I'll do the same thing. You mentioned Fournette. He is on the trade block. Um, uh, Mike Florio of Pro Football Talk wrote that the Chiefs should be a great fit, as I pointed out at our HQ show. That's a terrible idea. Andy Reid doesn't spend up on running backs, and he has one year left on his deal. You're much better off using a second or third round pick to get a guy in the draft than you are trading even a fourth or a fifth round pick for Fournette. And I, I, Greg Rosenthal of NFL uh, Media had an interesting point on Twitter, I think. He said the Jaguars might just be letting Fournette know that no one wants him. You know what I mean? Like You're like, hey, Fournette's on the trade block. Come and get him. And it's like nobody's going to trade for Fournette because he's – I get that he's a talented guy. But $4 million for Leonard Fournette for one year and you have to give up a pick to get him, that's not – that is – that's bad econo- – that's a bad economic rental. Why? If it's a fifth-round pick, who cares? Because you're paying $4 million for a guy that you feel like you have to give 300 carries to. And if he has a good year, then maybe it, – it just doesn't make how sense. Much, how much is Melvin Ingram making? Eight. Why are we talking about Melvin, Melvin Ingram? Gordon? <laughs> Sorry, Melvin Gordon. <laughs> I mean, the Belvin Gordon signing was terrible too. What? But you're paying him twice as much as Leonard Fournette is. Leonard Fournette, John Elway is. I have no issue with four million for a fifth round pick. I mean, like I said on HQ, like the Lions, for example, makes some sense because they could use a second round pick, 37, I think is where they pick, uh, to get a running back, and they have um, what's his name? Who's the running back they have? Uh, Carry on, Carry on Johnson. Carry on Johnson. Elvin Ingram. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, Melvin Ingram's uh, buddy, Carryon Johnson there. So, yeah, there's Carryon Johnson, and there's literally no one else behind him unless Bo Scarborough is your guy. But uh, instead of using that second-round pick on a running back, when you have billions of other needs trying to win now, give a fifth-round pick for Leonard Fournette. I'm sure he'll get along great with, with Matt Patricia. They seem like a match made in heaven. Uh, I like, I mean, I like Fournette as a player. I just don't think – I just don't like the idea that some team that has, like, an explosive offense is going to bring him in to be their, like – downhill runner it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense well i think you ship him off to miami that's what i said on the show i think that the dolphins have 14 picks they need a running back you get him that fifth round pick you pay him four million dollars and you hope he's good for one year and if he's not great you lost the fifth round pick who probably wasn't going to play for your team anyway because you have 14 picks in the draft and all 14 of those players aren't going to make your roster so why not throw one at leonard burnett and plus their leading rusher last year was ryan fitzpatrick Austin Eckler digest that. Yeah, I think we all agree that's a good deal. Four years, twenty-four million. That's six million a year. So that's two million less than what Eckler's making. And Eckler, slightly more than a part-time player, but he's mostly there for catching passes out of the backfield. I, fifth rounder for that guy, I'm fine with that. I mean, what if you hit on a running back in the fifth round? It gives you five years of value. All right, how, how often does that happen? I mean, not very often, but like it. I mean, all right, would you? All right, let me ask you this: Would you trade if you're Andy Reid? Would you trade Leonard Fournette? Would you trade Dar- Darwin Thompson for Leonard Fournette? Why would I do that? Because he's a six-round, he's a six-round pick. Like, well, I mean, you say it's not a big deal. Well, yeah, there's upside on Darwin Thompson, and he's not a locker room issue. So, not you, what, what? What are you talking? But that's why you draft a running back in the fifth round instead of giving him a fifth-round pick for Leonard Fournette. All, all right, Brenton, if you think you should draft a running back in the fifth round, name one running back that was drafted in the fifth round. I mean, I, I, I got, I got one. Well, I'm telling you, I'm not asking you, Sean. I'm asking, but Brinson. it's, it's I, funny. I, what, what, but what I'm saying to Brinson is that if these fifth round picks aren't going to pay off, then you're throwing it away. You get a proven commodity when, in fact, it is very rare that the fifth rounder succeeds in the NFL. And Chai, I probably know you're going to say Aaron Jones. I was going to say Jordan Howard because you were talking about the Dolphins as uh, uh, yeah, well. Yeah. It's like a lot of fifth round running backs. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like we just named two. Yeah, nope. that was fast. Well, I, Brinson couldn't name any of them, so I mean, I don't know. I don't know exactly the fifth round guys in my head, but I mean, like. I, I mean, I feel like that's sort of unfair to 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 me. To be like, I mean, uh, I mean, Austin Eckler was an undrafted free agent. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like Ryan brought up an undrafted. Yeah, yeah. Because you guys recognize those guys because they're few and far between. But Leonard Fournette is better than Jordan Howard. No one's saying Jordan yes. Howard is Leonard Fournette. Okay, that's all we're talking about. But you're not giving up. I mean, I'm with Brenton here. I would not. I, if because like if you're the Dolphins and like I think that's a fine landing spot if they could just add Leonard Fournette. But the Dolphins probably aren't looking at this upcoming season as we're pushing for the AFC title. This is their growing year. Why don't you just wait a year for Fournette to become a free agent, and then if you really want him, sign him. They don't want him long term. You keep saying that. Why? Why would the Dolphins give up a pick for a short term rental? The Dolphins aren't winning the Super Bowl this year. Okay, I I will explain it to you. They have 14 picks. Number one, they have cap space. Number two, they want to get better. Number three, if you have Leonard Fournette protecting the quarterback that you just drafted, that helps. Why would you wait two years to get someone to protect Tua Tonga Bailoa when Tua no longer has? As a hip because he got crushed last year. I don't I, understand why you just because you have lots of picks doesn't mean that you suddenly just start throwing them and wasting them. You should be using those picks. I'm talking yeah, about using a fifth round pick on a proven running back isn't wasting them, Sean. That Taking a you're only going to have for one year. You're no, using you, you, you have him for two years if he's good. So and if he's not, then you only lost out on four million dollars. It's not a huge gamble. Yeah. Tyree Kill, Talvin Smith, Stephon Diggs, Corey Lindsey, Avery Williamson, Grady Jarrett, Devon Kennard, Matt Judon, Adrian Amos, George Kittle, Jordan Howard, Matt Milano, DJ Reader, Tyler Davidson, Aaron Jones, Ricardo Allen, Jay Ajayi. That is the top 
uh, roughly 20 or so, uh, people picks his 2014 in the fifth round by career approximate value. In other words, only, uh, three running backs in that list of 500 people you read off. Super impressive. The point is like, if you hit on a fifth round pick, it's crazy value, or you could throw one away for a one year rental for Leonard Fernandez. But this is the point. This is buying a lottery ticket where you're guaranteed to win a thousand dollars. Or you have a one in a hundred thousand chance, one in two hundred and fifty six chance of winning a hundred thousand. You, you know, which Leonard one do you Fernand, want? You think Leonard Fernandez is winning a thousand dollars? Yeah, I think he's yes. uh, uh, compared to what the Dolphins had last season. Yes. You guys are insane. What is going on? Like, why is this so difficult? We're not saying a first round pick or a second or a third or a fourth. We literally said a fifth round pick for one year. It happens all the time. Why are you guys so adamant about hating on Leonard Fournette? I no no. For the record, I would be. I, look, I would not do it. But if a team that was in win now mode and was lacking a running back and needed that for an obvious fit, I'd be okay with that. I don't think I, I'm pushing back against a team like the Dolphins, which is it. Bills. That was your team. Or the, yeah, they they I, have I, three fifth round picks. That doesn't mean you should just waste them. That means you have a better chance to land a stud that Brinson's talking about in the fifth round, and you should have as many shots in the lottery as you want. You don't throw – just because you have an excess of picks doesn't mean, oh, we can start chucking them and throwing them in the garbage. I love that you think that having three first-round picks and using one on on a running back that could help your team immediately is just chucking them and throwing them in the garbage. For a – It is very bizarre that you guys are like, you know, you don't change your team. Leonard Fournette. Like hey, one year for now. You, uh, put on, put up a little Twitter poll there, Brentson, and see what the responses are. You don't have to do that right now, but at some point today. And I will guarantee, unless you somehow, uh, notify the, the Brentson heads that you need them to vote in your direction, I guarantee Breach and I will dunk all over you fools. Uh, I will happily do that. What would you like the phrasing of the, the question to be? I'll let you pick it. Survey master. I'll let him come up with the wording of it, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> would you please? the headline, the poll. <laughs> You wouldn't believe what Sean and Brenton thought was going to happen in Jacksonville. If you were the Dolphins, would you trade a fifth-round pick for Leonard Fournette, assuming Jacksonville would accept it? For one year and $4 million. Okay, if you were the Dolphins, would you trade a fifth-round pick for Leonard Fournette? For one year and $4 million. I'm not adding that. No, you don't don't need to add that. Let let everyone else do their – Okay, fair enough, fine. I'm going to say pick six podcast debate. I'm not going to say who. Uh, yeah, don't. I mean, they'll probably it'll be pretty easy for them to figure out who the morons are. <laughs> I have seven Twitter accounts ready to go just to vote. <laughs> this is going to be an absolute dog pile on you guys. <laughs> I, I'm with Princeton here. <laughs> oh my god, this worst diva. What side do you fall on? Yeah, that's the we, we, we need a snow. We need a split here. Uh, okay, hold on. Let's, uh, let's, let's, uh, we gotta get to break real quick, but I need to point out one more thing about the Jaguars, I think. Oh, uh, they released Marquise Lee. Hey, uh, wait, quickly. Can we get Debo way in on the Fournette thing? You can move on. Debo wants us to get to break. I understand, I'm but I'm on the, the opposite side of Brinson. <laughs> <laughs> the, the wide side. All right, go ahead. There you go. He just does that on default mode. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Debo, what do you think? I'm on the opposite side of Princeton. <laughs> the Jaguars released Marquise Lee, uh, one of the top, um, one of their, uh, their second round pick for 2014, uh, described in a tweet out there as a highly productive wide receiver. He has like 2,400 career receiving yards and has been very injured. So that was bizarre. Wait, three catches, 18 yards last year. Don't forget that. Yeah, and he was, uh, missed the entire 2018 season with the injury. There was no surprise, uh, that, that he was going to do this. And especially do seven million dollars and reportedly because this is breaches, uh, breach 
Breach's triumphant return on 420, the day that we recorded this, for the 421 show. No surprise there. No surprise either that we get some Andy Dalton news mixed in here. The Jaguars interested in Andy Dalton, possibly. Buy or sell on Andy Dalton, Breach? Uh, I'm buying Jacksonville's interest. Uh, uh, Ryan is ultimate Gardner Minshew hater. I will throw that out there in case Gardner Minshew or his family is listening. He doesn't think that he is the future in Jacksonville. I kind of I agree about 50% with that. I don't think he's a proven commodity. I think that we saw him get benched last season. So you need a good backup quarterback. And the reason Jacksonville would be interested is because Jay Gruden's the offensive coordinator. He spent three years with Dalton in Cincinnati, 2011 to 2013. And they went to the playoffs all three years. So Andy Dalton's going to go in there. He would understand Jay Gruden's offensive system. And you have a fallback. You have a safety net in case Gardner Minshew has a meltdown like he did last season. He seemed to hit that rookie wall. I know we talked about he did have the highest QB rating. Well, if he would have kept trending upward, he would have had an absurd QB rating. But he didn't. He seemed to get worse as the season went on. So since he was a rookie, we don't know if he's going to get better. And so I just think you need that safety net in there. So I am buying Jacksonville's interest. I, I don't even think it would be a bad fit for Andy Dalton to play out one more year of his contract, then hit free agency the following year. Honestly, I chose the Jaguars for the HQ segment because the other two teams I liked were chosen by Breach and Sean, and I do like uh, the Patriots and the Chargers as better landing spots. But I was making my case for Andy Dalton. I think it would um, the Jaguars would prefer Andy Dalton there much more than probably Andy Dalton would want to be in Jacksonville. So I would imagine they would be interested because currently there is no backup plan, Josh Dobbs, after um, Gardner Minshew. I I do not like this fit whatsoever, um, and it's not because I don't like Andy Dalton. It's just I don't understand how Andy Dalton helps the Jaguars as, as opposed to just being a bridge quarterback. But they have a young He's not a bridge quarterback. Minshew's the quarterback. Dalton's the backup yeah, why, quarterback. Why, why, he, has, he has one year left on his contract. He goes you somewhere be, where you, you just love throwing away draft picks. Why would you throw away a draft pick then for a quarterback who's not going to be a part of your long-term plan? I think they need to see what they have in Gardner Minshew. That is the entire mission this year. And look, I understand they don't have a good backup quarterback. If Minshew sucks, that's not a problem because then you're suddenly in the Trevor Lawrence discussion a year from now. Ride Minshew for 16 games and let's see what he is. And if you have Andy Dalton there and Menchie struggles out of the gate, suddenly you're going to be forced to put Andy Dalton in there. He's going to lead you to four or five wins, and you're not going to be in the Trevor Lawrence discussion. And Ryan keeps saying Ryan's gone just, now. Just like he led the Bengals to four or five wins? What are you then, talking about? Okay, what's the point of bringing him in then if he's not going to lead So you, you have a backup quarterback in case Menchie's failure. Why do you need the backup quarterback if Menchie sucks? If Menchie sucks, then you sell that as, look, we're about to go get Trevor Lawrence. Because you have an five. offensive coordinator who's very familiar with him. But what is the point? My my point with this is that Andy Dalton does not fit the Jacks' timeline. They have two completely competing timelines. And Ryan keeps talking about how Minshew got benched for Nick Foles. He got benched for Nick Foles because the Jaguars had an incentive to play the guy they gave the big contract to to justify that. Go look at Gardner Minshew's numbers at the end of the year. They weren't great, but if we're going to talk about them that he was a disaster at the end of the year, no. After he got put back in the lineup after that disaster game in London, he threw eight touchdowns, two interceptions, and 88.1 passer rating. Those aren't great numbers. I'm not saying he played great, but for a so-called he collapsed at the end of the year, that was fine for a fifth-round rookie. I want to see him have a full offseason. I want to see what he does in year two. Well, then you have to wait for year three because he's not going to have a full offseason, Sean. I, I hope, don't know if you know I this. Hope, we're in the middle of a global pandemic. I hope, I hope Sean's neighbor is sufficiently donked out on edibles because he's getting blitzkrieged by this this jack legal in California. Legal in California. 
because this guy's getting blitzkrieged by Sean's uh, hot, steaming hot Jaguars takes. I do agree with Sean. I mentioned on the show that the timeline for Andy Dalton make, doesn't make sense. I will say, though, just to play devil's avocado here, um, that you can make the case for Andy Dalton if it's a situation where everybody who works with the Jaguars is going to get fired if they don't win games. In that case, maybe you bring in Andy Dalton to say, like, hey, look, we got Jay Gruden in here. We got Andy Dalton. We got a little something we're cooking with. Yeah, and let me say two things real quick is that buy or sell Jacksonville's interest. I was buying that on the pick six show. I thought the best landing spot was the Chargers. Um, I do not think Jacksonville is the best for Andy Dalton, but for the Jacksonville, I see why they are interested in him. Another interesting thing the Bengals have talked about is keeping Andy Dalton, which a month ago I don't think made a lot of sense. But now that you're getting to the point where you might not have any OTAs, any mini camp, you might have a shortened training camp. Maybe you keep that veteran quarterback. You take Joe Burrow and he has someone who can kind of teach him the ropes of the offense. And I don't think that's such a crazy idea now that we're going through what we're going through. All right, fair enough. By the way, uh, early results are not promising for us on this, uh, on this poll. You're we're getting dumped on. We're getting slaughtered. Uh, I can't believe it. Didn't uh, realize that many more. Uh, you, you, can't, you can't, you can't believe Twitter is not giving us the good results that we want. That uh, people right, on Twitter gonna- aren't smart. We got to take a break, and when we come back, bold NFL draft predictions. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, so let's dive into some bold predictions. That My, my little tease to break reminded me, Debo, did uh, did we ever use the most interesting? Did we? I, I don't think I listened to it. Did you do the drops on the most interesting draft in the world? Yeah, I wanted to make you look good uh, so you can check it out. I, I know we've had too many shows for me to go back and listen to every single one of them. My, my podcast, uh, consumption. Why don't, listen, why don't you listen to them while you're playing tennis? Put in the old earbuds and you're good to go. It's not a bad idea. Thank you. Um, might go play tennis tomorrow during the day. Uh, Breach, we'll start with you. Give me a bold prediction for the 2020 NFL draft on Thursday night. My bold prediction is that you're going to lose this Leonard Burnett debate. <laughs> Currently, it is 216 votes for Team Wilson and Breach, 154 votes for Team Brinson and Sean. But then Brinson is definitely going to tweet out something that says, please vote my side, and I will send you a Madden code for PS4 or something. So we're going to lose Wilson. <laughs> I am already aware of this, but that's okay. A bold, uh, a bold prediction would be if you predicted we win. We're losing right now by a lot. <laughs> yeah, but you guys are so adamant that you were right. And then I, Sean has to backtrack and, and start gaslighting people. <laughs> 
I, I'm fine with my stance on this. I was actually going to say, Ryan, I was shocked at how adamant you were. I can buy the argument, sure, you can sell it to me, but you were like, there was no alternative. Every team has to give a fifth-round pick. That's exactly verbatim what you said. Thank you, Breach, for dragging us back into this argument. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. I will say the draft bold predictions. I have two. I'll go over real quick. I have one surprise one, which I am going to do first. I wasn't going to use it because I didn't want to take one of yours, but you guys didn't use this one. Uh, the first one is I think a running back – gets taken in the first round. I think there hasn't been a lot of talk about that, but there's always the back end of the first round where it feels like there are some teams that could be interested in a DeAndre Swift or a, a Jonathan Taylor. I think either of those guys could go somewhere between 25 and 32, even though most of the talk is that they'll get taken in the second round. And then my bold prediction is that only one quarterback gets taken in the top five. Look, I know it's all smoke screens right now, but this Tua stuff, the injury, what if he falls out of the top five? Uh, Herbert, you know, everybody's saying we've heard a lot today. Ryan said his upside is Josh Allen. You know, if that's your <laughs> upside, you are not a top six pick, and a team would be crazy. And everybody puts the Chargers as drafting a quarterback, and I'm not convinced the Chargers are going to draft a quarterback. I know we've talked about this a lot, that they're in win at all costs right now, drafting a quarterback doesn't help you do that because they have so many guys are going to be free agents next year. Uh, so 2020 is their Super Bowl window, and they're, that's not going to help if they draft a quarterback. So I think the Dolphins not drafting Tua would make the one QB in top five happen. Maybe they do get him trade back up from 18 to like 10, uh, but I think one QB in the top five. Breach, just like we're on Team Twitter poll and crushing these fools, I agree with you about the quarterback situation and uh, – one ball prediction I have is that no teams are trading up to two, three, or four for the reasons that Breach just laid out. I think uh, the Lions and the uh, – who's it, three? Oh, the Washington, the Lions, and then the Giants. Uh, any leverage they thought they may have had is going to go out the window. I think the Dolphins stay put and maybe take two, or maybe they don't. And, and then we don't know how the rest of that quarterback situation falls out. But the Lions aren't going to be able to get additional picks, which they desperately need uh, to help save Matt Patricia's job. So no one trades up into – Spot two, three, or four. And another bold prediction. I don't know which one's bolder. I'll let you decide. But the <laughs> Eagles go from 21 into the top 10 to get CD Lamb. Ah. I love it. I don't even think it'll cost them that much. I don't have the math in front of me from RJ White's trade value chart, but I think it would be worth their while, especially if you don't think that after Lamb, Judy, Ruggs, there's not really a home run hitter as a wide receiver is going to come in right away and make your wide receiver core uh, top notch. So Eagles are reportedly Loving old Sedarian Lamb, and I think they trade up to get him. It is, too, interesting that you can, because of the way that this draft works, and now this this could change dramatically if Breach's bolt prediction is correct and only one quarterback goes in the top five, but you can probably get to top to number 10 and get C.D. Lamb, whereas I think most years C.D. Lamb would probably be a top five pick. But the way that the the way that this this board sort of works out with Isaiah Simmons and Jeff Okuda and Chase Young, you're going to be able to move up into the top ten and get C.D. Lamb or, or even potentially Jerry Judy. But I, I love C.D. Lamb. He's one of the, my favorite wide receiver prospects in the last few years. I would absolutely do that. Which prediction was bolder? <laughs> uh, Ryan wanted to know. Uh, which one? Well, we should go through them all, shouldn't we? Yeah, yeah. Keep it. I just meant mine, but go ahead, Sean. Don't be funny. Mine is because you guys always say my bold predictions aren't bold enough. So mine is actually kind of related to breaches, though. If only one quarterback goes in the top five, um, I actually think there'll be two. But I think Jordan Love might fall out of the first round entirely. And look, we talked. We spent most of the draft season a year ago thinking Drew Locke was going to be a first-round pick. And then we watched him fall into the second round. 
I don't necessarily see it with Jordan Love. I don't really get it. I mean, I get it. I get the clear upside. It reminds me a lot about Herbert's upside. But if he is that talented of a quarterback, why did he have that 2019 season that he did in college? So I, you look at two teams in the 20s, Jordan Love falls in the Patriots and the Saints, and they would probably be the two teams that make sense as potential landing spots. But I think there's plenty of reasons why both of those teams would pass on him. Uh, I don't know if Bill Belichick, looks at Jordan Love and thinks this is the kind of guy that we want to build our offense around. And look, Belichick is getting towards the end of his career. Does he want to take a developmental prospect or does he want to go get Andy Dalton after the draft or Cam Newton and try to win right now? And the same can be said for the Saints. Why not just go all in Andrew Breeze and everything that Sean Payton has said about Taysom Hill makes him seem like he thinks Taysom Hill could um, be the successor to Drew Breeze. And then the other team at the end of the first round is there are the Packers. And that, I think that would be an interesting spot. They could do what they did with Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre, but with Jordan Love. But again, I think there's an argument to be made. We got to go win one more Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers and we don't want to waste Aaron Rodgers era. Let's go get him a receiver who can help the team right now, as opposed to a quarterback who wasn't very good last year in college and it will need time to develop yeah the one thing I will say about Jordan Love is that it's tough to say uh, he wasn't great last year but he went to Utah State he's at a small school he doesn't have the talent around him that Joe Burrow has at LSU or that uh, uh, Justin Herbert has at Oregon at a power five school it's kind of like the argument with Josh Allen at Wyoming you didn't know how good he could be and obviously we can argue all day about whether or not he's good just because of the talent that is around him. And this happened to Ben Roethlisberger at Miami of Ohio. I was at the, uh, I was there with him in 2003 and the knock on him was, can he play against better competition? Cause yeah, you're dominating the Mac, but who cares? It's the Mac. So instead of maybe being the top quarterback drafted, he ended up being the third quarterback drafted, fell out of the top 10 because of the competition they played against. And so I think you're seeing that with Jordan Love. So I don't disagree, Sean, that he could follow the first round, but I think he is one of those guys that could have a higher upside than, say, Justin Herbert. I would bet that he ends up going in the first round because of the fifth-year option. And, uh, by the way, I can't believe you haven't listened to me on this podcast. Ad nauseum, as Brinson likes to say, talking about Jordan Love. I explained in great detail why he sucked last year. Darwin Thompson told me why he sucked last year. New head coach, new offensive line, all the playmakers left. And then Jordan Love told me at the Senior Bowl, look, man, I tried to do too much when I threw those 17 interceptions. So if you look at 2018, he balled out. I think he had, I don't know what the, the t- touchdown numbers were. They are pretty 32 high. 32-6. to 32-6. So, I, I mean, there's a different guy, and that's what – has people frustrated that, okay, we saw this guy in 2018, he was on everyone's radar, then what happened, and, and that's what happened. You can still say he made a lot of dumb throws, and he wouldn't disagree with that, and I wouldn't either. But the upside is there where we talk about Justin Herbert. He's the same freaking guy every single year. And to Breach's point, that Oregon offensive line was the best offensive line in college football last year. If you can't have success behind that, that's a different story. So remember that. Yeah, and, and I, falling in the draft is something that benefits you because if you get taken high, you're generally going to a bad team. But I bought up Roethlisberger. He ended up falling to Steelers. You know, Aaron Rodgers fell to the Packers. You fall later in the first round, you do fall to a good team. So uh, I know we were talking about Jordan Love maybe wouldn't be successful if he's taken higher up. But if he ends up with a team like the Patriots, maybe that is the one team, uh, a, a smart team with a smart coaching staff that can uh, make him a good quarterback if in the NFL. Did- if he did fall out of the first round, uh, which, again, there's a reason it's a bold prediction. It probably won't happen. But if it did fall, you look at a team like the Colts, who, yes, they have Phillip Rivers for a year. But if they could have Jordan Love fall into her lap and let him you know, develop behind Rivers, I think that would be a great get for the Colts. Hmm. Uh, all right. My bold prediction, finally. Uh, I sit, are, you, are you laughing because it's in bold? No, I'm looking at the uh, the 
the, the Twitter poll score. Go ahead. Oh. <laughs> uh, it's six plus wide receivers would go in the first round. Bold or not bold? That's I didn't bold. think it was that bold. Oh, it's extremely. Whoa! I think five and a half. That's the pot calling the kettle black. <laughs> five and a half is the over under last time I saw it. I think it's it's bold. Name the six you're thinking about. Uh, well, the obvious: uh, C.D. Lamb, Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs. I think Jeff- Justin Jefferson is a lock. I think Denzel Mims is starting to look like a lock as well. So that's at I'm at five. So I need. Um, I'll say Brandon Ayuk as well from Arizona. Yeah. So yeah, maybe, right. maybe, that's, maybe that's not bold. Maybe I need to go eight. Well, there's not great. I don't think. Go ahead. Go ahead, John. So it's the over-under five and a half? I think last time I saw William Hill, over-under. So, so the only reason I said it wasn't bold um, is because we had this topic, I think, with BMAC on the HQ show, and I think all of us put over. Mm, okay, maybe not. Uh, to be perfectly frank, I forgot to fill out a bold prediction. And <laughs> I, I had eight originally, and I was like, that's ridiculous. That's, that's ridiculous. <laughs> I don't think six. I don't think six go. I think that's pretty bold. I think, like, four, four and a half feels more like the over-under. But, like, you know, we keep saying about every single position, every single player. It only takes one team, so. <laughs> well, but the problem is, like, all right, so you have, you know, you have three quarterbacks you know are going to be in the first round, maybe four with Jordan Love. Like, we'd be surprised if, if Tua and Justin Herbert and Jordan, like, two of Tua, Justin Herbert and Jordan Love didn't go in the first round. You have, um, I think, probably four or five offensive linemen. You have a bunch of DBs. And the five. DBs could Five or six, right? Exactly. Uh, Caesar Ruiz, the center, might go too. So that's yeah, sure. Ahead. I meant tackles, but yeah, you know, you're, you're it's a good point. I said offensive lineman. Um, I just think when you when you add it, when you do the math, it's all of a sudden hard to get to six or seven wide receivers just because teams might let them slide and try to pick them up in the second round. But I just think the talent level at the top of this wide receiver position is so deep that you're going to see people like if, if I mean. You, you, maybe Justin Jefferson's there and you need help in offensive line, cornerback and wide receiver. It's like you could pass on Justin Jefferson and get one later, but like Justin Jefferson's freaking great. You really want to give him up? He's a perfect modern slot guy. No, and that's the other thing. People say this when I'm guilty of it as well. This wide receiver class is so incredibly deep, but after the first four guys, you're getting lesser versions of those four guys. So yes, it's deep and you can get 60% of Jerry Judy in round four now, whereas last year you could only get it in round two. That's the math you're doing. You're not doing, I'll get Jerry Judy in round four, because he, he clearly won't be there. Yeah. And then the flip side of that is you mentioned, like, the offensive lineman. Say you get to the Jets, and you have a guy like Andrew Thomas and all the receivers still available, and we know the Jets need an offensive lineman. You know, what are they going to do? So the teams that need receivers could be stuck in a spot where they end up not going receiver because someone else fell in their lap. Uh, yeah, I'd say six is bold. I would say that's the. Well, that's the, what happened on the HQ mock on Monday is that I had, I was the Jets and Pete Prisker actually gave me like a C minus for taking Jerry Judy because he thought I should have taken Andrew Thomas because you could go Thomas in the first round, then come back and take Jerry, you know, whatever wide receiver in the second round. I understand the theory, but like, I just think if you have Jerry Judy as the higher graded prospect, then you need to pull the trigger on him. I, I don't, I don't really have a problem with it either way. Though. That I was the Jets in one of our mocks. And Dave Richard was the Broncos at 15. He traded up to a le- and Andrew Thomas and Jerry Judy were both available. Dave traded up, took Andrew Thomas for the Broncos. I fell back to 15, and then Jerry Judy fell in my lap unexpectedly. Uh, yeah. So like, and that things things like that could happen in the NFL draft. You have no idea who anyone likes. And I know we've been reading these reports that this could be the craziest draft ever because you don't have the group think going. Because uh, all these guys aren't. All these scouts are usually at the same pro days. All these coaches are talking about who they like, and all of a sudden everybody likes the same guys. But now you don't have that. Everybody just kind of has their own. There, there's no group think, so this could just be crazy. Well, yeah. there there have been there have been GMs who've like said stuff about you know like you hear like like it's like 
you guys are like focusing on the wrong people or like, like there's like the like guys that, that, that people around the league think will be in the first round that just aren't being mocked into the first round. And real quick, just looking at mocks, it seems like the first wide receiver in most of these mocks is going after 10, like right around 12, like around the jets. And we talked very, really briefly about Marquise Lee and how, but it wasn't really worth a big discussion, but I think the Jags at nine could actually be the first team that would not surprise me at all to take a Judy or a CD lamb um, with that pick. Because you look outside of uh, Marquise Lee, D.D. Westbrook and Chris Conley, they're entering the final year of their deal and they have D.J. Shark. But I think if they want to build around Menchu and give him a real chance, I think it would make a ton of sense for them just to go with the best wide receiver if he's sitting there. Yeah, I, th- there's a good argument for that. I would say that you if you want a top cornerback and a top receiver, for the Jags, you're better off going cornerback at nine with CJ Henderson and then coming back with the wide receiver later. But I mean, mm-hmm. you gotta, you gotta, you gotta you know, sort of play the game in terms of how to handle the draft. And, um, I, I just think there could be a lot of wide receivers taken. All right. So, uh, is that it for us? We good? We should, by the way, preview that John Breach is going to get to talk to Rodrigo Blankenship. Mm, exciting. Kicker, kicker, kicker. Yes. I'll ask him about his rec specs. Don't worry, guys. Ask him if he knows who Chris Sabo is. I bet he doesn't. He's from not Cincinnati, so. And he's also not 40, so. You know. You're not 40. I'm 38. I know who Chris Sabo is. I I got Chris. I got a Chris Sabo football baseball card over here somewhere. Football. (laughs) (laughs) Been a long day, man. No, you're telling me. My day's Uh, just. um, All right. uh, Let's get out of here. Again, we'll be back with. uh, gambling preview for the nfl draft we've got a bunch of prospect interviews coming up tons of great content so make sure to subscribe rate and review talk to you guys soon okay picture this it's friday afternoon when a thought hits you i can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or i can conquer it i can hop into my all-new hyundai santa fe and hit the road any road the steeper the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.